The Sports Pen lives here on ESPN-UP, online with our ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops with you Thursday afternoon. We're joined by Jake Durant from CBS Marquette. It's been a while, man. It's good to see you again. Vacation, how was it? Uh, it was good, man. It was really good. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We had the Thanksgiving break, and then, uh, yeah, I took a few days off last week. We uh, went down to Milwaukee, uh, stayed in Milwaukee for a night, kind of just discovered the city there. Uh, very nice place. Uh, it was raining the whole time, and then... Uh, Saturday, last Saturday, stayed in Green Bay and went mm-hmm. to see that uh, Green Bay Packers debacle live. Um, saw a little bit of history, I guess. Yeah, uh, not the greatest. The end of McCarthy era. Yeah, not the not the good kind of history, but no. definitely saw some history uh, anyway. So uh, it was quite the experience. I was driving home right after the game, got the update that McCarthy was fired, and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. I I got a lot to talk about for that. Uh, but yeah, it was fun overall. The weather could have been nicer. It was raining, like it was a kind of a a sleet, I guess you could say, but. Um, overall, it was fun. It was a good time. Does it ever stop snowing up here? It doesn't seem like it's quitting. I was just out getting something to eat. I was trying to go. I was trying to decide between a burger and a sandwich. I'm not even kidding. I was trying to decide a, between a burger and a sandwich. I was turning over to the sandwich shop, and my car's skidding the opposite way from where I'm trying to drive it, and it points me at the burger place across the street, and I took it as a sign from God that I need to go get a burger instead of a sandwich. I don't. It just, the weather's terrible up here, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've lived up here my whole life, so I kind of, you know, I'm used to it, but I know a lot of the new new people coming in, a lot of the, what they first hear is, you know, get ready for the winter, get ready mm-hmm. for the winter. Um, and, and no, it doesn't stop snowing, to answer your question. Uh, you know, a lot of snow comes down, you know, the banks get a lot higher. Um, you know, it's it's crazy, especially here in Marquette. You, you talk about, you know, the hills here. Mm-hmm. Got to be really careful, especially, you know, the station located on, on one of those bigger hills. I've mm-hmm. had um, times where I'm trying to get up the hill i can't make it or i'm sliding sideways down the hills so i'm always you know i'll give you some advice just be careful when you're driving you know keep it keep it slow keep it slow the day before thanksgiving my coworker jim he's our program director here at espn up was talking with one of the meteorologists commented on how it was going to be 41 the day after thanksgiving how it would be the first day since i got here that the temperature would be above average every day that i had been here and since i had been here below average about 10 to 15 degrees so basically my co-workers are scared of me now <laughs> right they want um, me to go back actually uh, tom kippen the meteorologist at my station local three um apparently it's supposed to get a little warmer don't quote me on this yes. but it's supposed to get into the 30s into the 40s and what you're going to notice is when it hits even those lower temperatures after getting used to this cold weather it's going to feel mm-hmm. so so good so it always does. definitely looking forward to this weekend when it's supposed to warm up hopefully that stays true Well, there's been a lot making news here over the last few days, even in the last 24 hours. Let's start here, though. Markel Fultz and the situation going on with him. I'm just going to recant on about everything that I've said about him up to this point. I thought he was a bust. I thought his struggles, especially with his shot, was more of a mental thing rather than a physical thing. I think a lot of people shared that same mindset. I owe Markel Fultz an apology. I think we all do. Now it's come out that... He has thoracic outlet syndrome, and basically he's got a nerve that's being compressed between his shoulder and his neck, and it's really tough to go into rehab for that. Taylor Twelman had it, Matt Harvey had it, Matt Harvey actually had a rib removed because of it, and maybe there is something going on here to Markel Fultz, and there's a reason why he struggles so much when he's shooting the basketball, whether it's from behind the arc or at the free throw line. So this is something that's really tough to come back from, obviously very painful. I guess the question for Markel Fultz now is, where do you go from here? What kind of future do you have in the NBA or even with Philadelphia? Because they look like they're ready to move on without him. I don't wish anything negative on this guy. I feel bad for him, especially after thinking, you know, he probably just wasn't that talented. But now it's turning out there's a whole physical side to this and you know I've struggled with neck problems for a while I know shoulder problems can be terrible especially when you're trying to sleep right and I I feel the same way you know you got to feel for a guy who was so prolific in college I mean he was basically unstoppable Um, obviously the reason why Philly took a chance on him with that that number one pick passed up on Jason Tatum um, in that draft Uh, they just it's hard for me not to think what would have been if they were uh, if they drafted Jason Tatum um, mm-hmm. instead of Fultz um, there with Embiid and Simmons, but um, you just got to feel for the guy. I mean, a guy who, like I said, was unstoppable in college. You know, probably felt like he was almost untouchable. You know, he was at an age where he, you kind of feel invincible a little bit. You're getting talked up as this number one pick. Uh, you get drafted number one overall. A lot of pressure comes with that number 
one um, overall draft pick title, and then you go and obviously you don't get the start you want, and then a physical something physical wrong with your your body and and mentally that has to be so tough Mm -hmm. um because mentally he probably still feels like he should still be able to go out and do all those things that he was doing you know a great ball handler slasher and he he wasn't a bad shooter um coming out of of college but i could just you know you got to feel for the guy with so much pressure with the guys um that were coming right after him uh uh succeeding and doing so well and and he's sitting there and it's really just a physical thing where he can't get is shot up because of, of, of obviously the nerve damage. Um, it, it's it's a sad story, you know. You, I, I think of these number one draft picks and and you know, just the sad stories there are when you talk about the, the Sam Bowie's or the Greg Odin's. Mm-hmm. Those are the the two big ones that come come into my mind. Um, maybe this one isn't as on as big of a scale, but it's still you know it's still pretty huge. Um, but you know, another guy who suffered. I was reading uh, Landry Fields, who played mm-hmm. for the Knicks, who was really good coming out of college for I think a year or two, and then he was unable to get his his uh, career going because of the same type of thing. He went as far as to try to reshoot with the other hand. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about that's how desperate Landry Fields got to the point where he tried to just relearn everything with with his opposite hand. Obviously, to no avail. He was out of the league by I think 2012. Um, but man, it's it's just a sad thing. Hopefully, you know, I I, I hear he's trying to go into rehab. I hear it it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the the percentage of him coming back and being the player that everyone thought he was going to be, uh, not too great right now. Hopefully, you know, I don't think Philly's the place where he wants to continue. I think it would be better if you know maybe he can get a fresh start somewhere else where the, there's not as much pressure and things like that. And um, hopefully he can get it fig- figured out and, and get some sort of career going to where he, at least he can play basketball, um, even if it's just a role-player position. Because right now I don't think he has a future in Philadelphia, even if he wants to stay there. He's been demoted to the bench. Jimmy Butler's taken over. It's Embiid's team, and after that it's Butler, Ben Simmons probably after him, and then you've got a whole mess of guys that step up and fill those role-player spots. I just don't see Philadelphia as being a spot where Markel Fultz has a future in the NBA. Right, and you know Philadelphia, the organization, uh, they've been getting just a lot of heat drafting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Philly, they were tanking for so long, and they did have a lot of number one picks, but um, they missed on a couple of those number one picks. Yeah, they did. You know, Fultz was a, a Nerlens Noel, mm-hmm. um, another guy, a high draft pick. You know, that what could have been. Obviously, they were lucky enough to hit on a few guys to yeah. where they're still a good team. You know, uh, on trending upward. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just think if they hit on those other few picks. What kind of dynasty we could be talking about with Philly here um, with all those high draft picks and all that talent? It would have been insane. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. Let's stick with the NBA. Last night, two area teams squaring off. Bucks and Pistons wasn't as good of a game as maybe you were hoping for. A lot of the Pistons fans were hoping for. Ends up being a blowout win for the Bucks. Blake Griffin continues to do his thing, but got to have a few guys step up around him, man. Andre Drummond had a pretty atypical game for himself, and they just don't have that consistent third score that they've been looking for. It's something I've been saying for a couple of years. You know, right when they got Blake Griffin, I said, great, we got ourselves a superstar and things like this, but where where are we going to find that other score? Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty much they, they're draft picks. They didn't have a first-round draft pick. Uh, they're pretty much strapped with the, the cap space, um, and they got a lot of guys who – who are good role players, but they don't have, uh, you know, Philly went out and got Jimmy Butler for a reason. Um, they needed a third guy. Detroit doesn't have that. Uh, very disappointing uh, performance from the Pistons. Obviously, Griffin doing his thing, but you you would think with Chris Middleton not being in the lineup for Milwaukee, um, they didn't even figure that out until about an hour before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, normally when that kind of happens, it could really mentally mess with, you know, you'd think it might me- mentally mess with uh, the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he didn't have himself a great game. No, he he had that one poster dunk over Blake Griffin. But, um, you know, you would think if you would have told me that Chris Middleton wasn't going to play and, and that Giannis would only score 15, I would think the Pistons would come out on top. Um, you got to give credit to Sterling Brown, who kind of stepped in, and I think he went four for six from the field, had mm-hmm. had himself a nice little game. So he kind of stepped up for the Bucks. But, um, I mean, Milwaukee's at the number two in the East for a reason. I mean, this team's for real. Uh, Mike Boonholzer got this team playing really good basketball. That They've, you know, bought into it. Um, so so you got to give Milwaukee credit. Detroit, they're still fourth in the East. I mean, I think, you know, they still have a chance. You know, I was saying they're going to make it into the playoffs, sneak in as mm-hmm. an eighth seed. I might, you know, they may be able to sneak in a little higher than that. Uh, mm. You know, they're still playing pretty good, but like you said, they got to find a third score. They need a consistent score that they can count on every night um, so they can game plan for it. I think both of these teams were expected to be postseason contenders. Philadelphia, or excuse me, Milwaukee maybe as a 
top four seed. And like you, I thought the Pistons would get in maybe as a seven or eight. But right now, they're both overperforming with first-year head coaches for their respective squads. I like the job that these two guys have come in and what they've done, the systems that they employ for these guys. Eric Bledsoe last night, a big reason why Milwaukee was able to come out with a win, and that's kind of what Mike Budenholzer does, is he takes these mid-level guys, he turns them into really good, critical role players that they can go off on any given night. Dwayne Casey seems to take these mid-tier guys, and he brings out the best in a lot of them. I just think that the Bucks have better mid-level guys than the Pistons do. Yeah, I mean, if you compare um, just who they have, I do think um, from from one to five, I think Milwaukee's definitely uh, has the edge. And then when you talk about those first uh, few bench players, Milwaukee definitely has guys who can come in and be productive, um, a little bit more consistent uh, than than the Detroit Pistons. But I agree with you, Mike. You know, Mike Boonholzer, um, kind of bouncing around the league in a couple bad situations, but he comes in. He has a superstar. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, you know, he's an all-star mm-hmm. um, playing like a superstar this year. So you kind of have two guys that can really um, stretch the floor. And like you said, he's doing a good job getting these other guys um, to buy in and then putting them in the places where they can succeed. I mean, the, the Bucks were leading the league in three-point uh, field goal attempts and makes um, uh, earlier on the season. I'm, I'm not sure if that's still the case. But they're up there. They're up there. They're still up there. I mean, I didn't expect that. I thought that was one of their weaker um, – th- uh, weaker strengths on offense was shooting the deep ball so now Mm -hmm. he's got them shooting well they're hard to stop they play defense and and it's great and then Dwayne Casey I mean he turned a Toronto team into one of the best teams in the east the last few years some for some reason he got fired obviously Toronto Mm -hmm. they're doing well themselves so I guess it's going to work out for for both teams but I mean Dwayne Casey all you hear he's a player's coach players like to play for him Um, you know they play hard for him and you know his system works and it's he has the track record Uh, Eastern Conference coach of the year um, had Toronto winning you know in the number one seed in the east so I mean his track record you know explains itself so uh, it's going to be interesting to see where these teams go. I think obviously Milwaukee is definitely shooting, trending upward, and the Pistons they're they're floating there. Yep. You know they're going up, not as fast. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to see a, a late season collapse like I know has happened before. Let's stay with basketball before we go to break, but let's go to the WNBA. Derek Fisher has a new job. He's introduced as the new head coach of the Los Angeles Sparks. He's going to be coaching women's professional basketball. Derek Fisher never goes away, whether it's for good or for bad, and good for him. He's found a new role this time coaching women's basketball. Right, yeah, I, I saw that. I was pretty, you know, I didn't hear about Derek Fisher for a long time after, mm-hmm. you know, his stint in the NBA. It just doesn't seem like the man wants to leave L.A. I mean, <laughs> wherever he can find a job in L.A., he's going he's gonna to take it. Um, obviously has close ties with the, with the basketball community there in Los Angeles and um, played for the Lakers, was a, a, a key pog in, in all those championship teams. Um, it's going to be good for the league to have someone like him, uh, you know, coaching a team, especially a big market like the Sparks. Uh, and and it's, I think it's going to be good. I think um, he's going to be uh, able to succeed with, with the Sparks. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good fit. Anytime you talk L.A. You think, and Derek Fisher, I think it's a good fit. So going to be interesting to see, you know, what he does with that team. We got Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. A couple of blockbuster trades going down in Major League Baseball over the last few days. That's next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. We're joined by Jake Durant from CBS Marquette. Some baseball teams have been making some big moves over the last few days. Gene Segura goes over to Philadelphia. They make the trade for J.P. Crawford and Carlos Santana. There's a chance they could get Bryce Harper. And there's a chance we could be talking Philadelphia Phillies NL champions next year. I mean, yeah, they're making making moves, um, especially if they make that Bryce Harper deal. Obviously, uh, getting him on the team, he's a big name, one of the you know bigger names in the MLB. Uh, you know, they're just filling in holes that they need, uh, obviously, to take the next step. And and they're just a team that's be, that's being aggressive right now. And uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if the, if those moves will will work out. But I think they're definitely on the right track. You know. Um, obviously, making that move prior to getting Harper might be a, a way to pull him into into that team and, and believing in the in the Phillies. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, something to, to be watching for. Um, but one of just ma- many moves that are, that's happening in in the, the MLB right now. 
How about Nathan Evaldi signs a four-year deal with the Boston Red Sox earlier today. He's sticking around after winning a World Series. And then this one surprised me. St. Louis Cardinals get Paul Goldschmidt from Arizona yesterday. Goldie is a franchise player. Heads over to St. Louis where I know they have Yachty, but he's not consistently healthy has been his problem for the last few years. When he's on there, he's among the best in the league. When he's on the field, don't get me wrong. But they need to have somebody who's going to be playing about 140 games at least a season. And Yachty hasn't been able to do that, as talented as he is. I'm hoping, for St. Louis's sake, that guys like Goldschmidt plus Molina, they can be enough to bring that winning culture back to St. Louis. Right. You know, like you said, they, they have a winning culture there in St. Louis. Goldschmidt, uh, arguably one of the best first basemen, you know, in the MLB. He's 31 years old. Um, you know, he got off to a slow start last season, but he finished, I think, batting like 290, mm -hmm. 33 home runs. Um, like you said, uh, hopefully brings a little bit more consistency to that to that uh, position. Um, and, you know, I think that's exactly what, the, what they're missing is consistency there in St. Louis. So, um, you know, anytime you can get arguably one of the best players at their position in in the in the whole league, I think obviously is a good thing. So hopefully he can come into St. Louis and, like you said, um, make some noise. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still relatively young. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd take my age and compare it. He's still really young. So, yeah, definitely a good move there by St. Louis. going to be interesting to see how he fits in. How about we look at college football? Obviously, the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony this weekend, Saturday night on ESPN. Who's going to win it? I don't want to see Dwayne Haskins win it, obviously. <laughs> um, I like Kyler Murray. Um, do you? I do like Kyler Murray. I like the, the job Oklahoma did. Probably going to be Tua. Alabama, mm -hmm. obviously, dominant this season. Mm -hmm. uh, really had, didn't really even have anything close to a game besides you know against georgia when for some reason the football gods just gave alabama the game georgia just can't close out games um i i just like kyle i like the way he plays mm -hmm. um uh, you know i've always been a fan of him he, he's just had that that swagger that i like um you know he played amazing down the stretch um, just can do a lot of things. I, I just like like the way the way he's been playing. It would be interesting to see if Oklahoma can get another one, you know, mm -hmm. uh, under under Lincoln Riley there. But um, you know, get get Kyler that that uh, Heisman and get Lincoln out of there. Maybe he's headed to Wisconsin. I don't know. Well, I wonder about this. Cliff Kingsbury, of course, fired a couple of weeks ago at Texas Tech. He coached both uh, Baker Mayfield and Alan Bowman at one point in his career. I wonder if Baker had stayed at Texas Tech, if that would have been enough to save his job, either or. He's got a new one. He's over at USC. He's going to replace Clay Helton when he gets fired inevitably here in the next year or two. He's definitely planning. I, I see what he's doing. I can see what he's doing. Coach Hansom has found his way to Pasadena. He's going to play Notre Dame at least once a year, and I'm going to have to hate him. I hate that. <laughs> I like Kingsbury a lot. I, I do, too. He was actually a, a name that Green Bay early on was uh, you know, in the running Obviously, there was nothing there, but um, he was one of the names where my ears perked when I heard, you know, mm -hmm. he's a younger guy. Um, and I know uh, Sean McVay out there at uh, L.A. Rams wanted him to just kind of hop on onto their train mm -hmm. um, for the rest of this season. So obviously, highly respected guy um, around just the sport of football, whether it be NFL in college. But, yeah, he definitely wants to be out in that warm weather. I don't blame him. So uh, he's, he's, he's one of those young minds. He'll definitely be making some noise as one of the best uh, head coaches here down the road. Well, I want to get to something you brought up about Lincoln Riley potentially going to Wisconsin, but I want to save that for the third segment. I want to finish up on college football and the Heisman race. I think Haskins right now is the outsider. I think it's come down to Tua and Kyler Murray. How about this, though? Could Tua be hurt by the fact that he rarely plays in the fourth quarter? I mean, of course, Murray has a lot better numbers because he's playing when you total it up throughout the season. He's played almost two or three more full games than Tua Tagovailoa has. I mean, yeah, if you if it's a numbers game, if that's what you want to look at, um, if it's strictly numbers, obviously Kyler, um, with that prolific uh, Oklahoma offense, just putting up uh, major numbers, um, I, I I w if I was on the committee and I was I was voting, I would look at just the overall um, the overall resume of, mm -hmm. of the, in the leadership factor and the fact that Alabama, you know, was getting everyone's best shot and things like that, and just the pure dominance when he was under center um, was just absolutely incredible. Um, and, and and again, he's just a special talent. Um, you know, the Heisman Trophy should be given to to the best player in college football, and um, two was the the leader of the best college football team. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could argue that way. But I mean, if it's strictly numbers, then yeah, Kyler is 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 where it's at. But you know, it's 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 here or there. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's what you think. I honestly think uh, 
Tuat deserves it just because he was the best, you know, the best player on the best team, um, even though he got injured. But you know, I think it's going to be pretty close. I think it's going to be a close race. I do think Tua is going to win it, and for one reason, ten percent of the vote was already in before Championship Week. I think uh, coming into it, a lot of people thought it was a consensus that Tua was going to win it, and then there was a lot of doubt after Championship Week after Tua left the SEC Championship with an injury. And Jalen Hurts came in. He led his team to victory. 21 unanswered points. Kyler Murray, of course, put on a show in the Big 12 championship. Dwayne Haskins did the Big 10 championship. So there, I think, a little doubt formed as far as Tua and if he was the driving force behind Alabama. But nonetheless, 10% of the voters already had cast their ballot, cast their vote. And Tua was probably the guy that a lot of them put on there. So I wonder how much that will factor into it. I don't want to make it as a situation where we base the whole season on one week, I want to take the whole body of work into it. In that sense, I think I would still, I'd still give my vote to Tua. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Just like I said uh, previously, it was just such a dominating performance. As you're, you're talking about maybe the best Alabama team ever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they've been dominant for years and years. Um, and you know, the, the teams that Nick Saban has had has just been unbelievable. And you're talking about this team, arguably the best out of the best. So I think you talk, like you said, the full body works there for Tua. And I just think, like you said, I mean, he already, I think, has a head start. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that full 10% all Tua. So Probably was. Yeah, so, I, you know, that definitely has a jump start. How about uh, college football? Other awards going on tonight. Brian Kelly will be given the Coach of the Year Award presented by Home Depot for the third time in the last 10 years. I'm a Notre Dame guy. Probably all the listeners know that by now. But I'm not in love with Brian Kelly, man, and I know a lot of Notre Dame guys share that same feeling. But take this however way you want it. He's won 30% of the Coach of the Year awards in the last decade. I don't know if I take that as a good thing or not, but he's people were calling for his head back when they were 4-8 and eight two years ago, and now he's going to receive Coach of the Year tonight. I, I'll tell you this, though. There is a huge difference, and you can tell watching Notre Dame There is a huge difference between a few years ago when Brian Kelly was still calling the plays and the team now where offensive coordinator Chip Long does. There's a huge difference when he's calling the plays compared to Brian Kelly. Nonetheless, congrats to him. Irish make the college football playoff for the first time ever. Tell me about the top four from Jake Durant's eyes. Did they get it right? Just a few weeks ago, I thought Michigan was going to be able to pull it off and sneak in there. Um I, you know, I think they got it right. I do think they got it right. I think the top four are deserving. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because I honestly see two blowouts in these first do you? Uh, two games. I do. No offense to your no, Notre Dame right. fighting Irish. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't really seen Notre Dame play a lot this year. But I do think Alabama and Clemson are going to take care of business. And, and lo and behold, Alabama-Clemson again for the national championship. Surprise, surprise. Um, you know, I, I do think I do think they got it right. I I, I still am and one of those guys that wish it would, they would expand the playoffs a I little do bit. Too. I you know the 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 playoffs would be extremely extremely uh, entertaining if mm-hmm. if they you know expanded it. We'd see a lot of great matchups um, right off the jump, and I, I think it would just give more teams opportunity to kind of go on that run and and gain some momentum and and maybe some teams that you might not think even have a shot you know mm-hmm. an outsider's chance get hot and come in and win a national championship um but i mean for what it is i think they they did a good job i want to ask you this because i've asked it to a few people and i'm not sure i've got a definitive answer and maybe you'll have one the argument between expanding the playoffs and keeping it as it is as it relates to how meaningful college football is each game has got to matter and you got to take the full body of work into account so i could see this from both sides if you keep the fourteen format, those who are in favor of it will say it means you have to bring it every single week. One slip up means that your season could be over. You have to bring it every week, and if you don't, then that may be it for your championship hopes. But those who want to expand the playoffs say you do that and you give meaning to these teams like Washington, teams who wouldn't get in without potentially an automatic bid, teams like UCF, who isn't going to get it even if they win 26 in a row and haven't lost since 2016. And it makes those games down the home stretch more meaningful. What's your take on that? You know, I get the, the meaningful game argument, but I mean, even if you do expand it, 
all the the games are still meaningful. You still mm -hmm. can't lose more than a couple games, and I think it'd bring bring more parity to to college football. Uh, like you said, you'd see you know those teams like UCF and, and teams like that who deserve a shot at at playing for a championship. Um, give them opportunity. Uh, I think it would be it would bring more eyes to college football towards the end of the season. It would expand. You know, those games would be huge. They would draw a lot of numbers. Um, and it's not like, you know, college teams will be able to lose four or five games and mm -hmm. still make it. Make it. You still have to win most of your games. You could only lose one or two games. Um, so I don't think there's a big difference there. Um, so I'm all for I'm all for the expansion. You know, you got to give it a chance. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we you could potentially have seen Michigan Ohio State round two first. Yeah. You know, first round of the football playoffs that would have been insane. Mm -hmm. um, who wouldn't want to see that again? I mean, for Michigan fans, I don't know if you want to see that again. But but I mean, I'm, that's just an example. You'll see these big matchups once again, and it just creates bigger matchups, more on the line, and and, and things like that. Could you imagine that mm -hmm. seeing the game round two in the college football playoffs? Yeah. It'd be insane. It'd be insane. This is the first time I've talked to you since Urban Meyer decided to retire. As a Michigan fan, how do you feel about it? Uh, it's bittersweet to kind of see him go. Obviously. Uh, Michigan hasn't, you know, he he dominated Michigan in his career. It would have been nice to see Michigan, you know, beat him at least once. Mm -hmm. um, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, he came in. I think he only lost nine games. I mean, that is mm -hmm. insane to think about. He won a national championship. You know, he did what he had to do. He was a recruiting just monster. He just got, you know, he stepped right in and started winning. Something Jim Harbaugh couldn't couldn't do at Michigan. Um, it's I'm sad. I'm happy that he's leaving, but I'm also sad because Michigan couldn't couldn't. Up, up him one time. Just wanted to see him lose one time. Um, good to see him go. You know, day coming in uh, is probably going to keep things rolling there. But you know, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. But respect to, to to Urban Meyer. Have a good retirement, buddy. Let's see if Michigan can actually get one here in the next couple of years. Let me ask you this though. This was a really hot take that I heard on Golick and Wingo on my way into the office this morning. Now that Urban Meyer is gone. What does Jim Harbaugh have to prove now that maybe he could be a Ryan Day-led Ohio State team? And you've got some pretty attractive NFL jobs that are opening up. Does that give any incentive to Harbaugh to potentially leave? You know, I, I thought this too. I thought maybe that, that edge, that, that internal fire might damper now that Meyer's gone because I think he was so infixated on defeating Urban Meyer, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um that 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 was something that just kept driving him to come back and not even you know consider these these NFL jobs. Um, you know, I, I think he still has a lot to prove at Michigan. Not not to the people outside of Michigan. I think the people inside of the the school, the university. Mm -hmm. um, he came to Michigan to win a national championship to bring that glory back to the program. Um, something he hasn't done. Um, you know, and I th still think there's there's enough there to where he would want to come back. Um, and even if it is beating Day in Ohio State, then it's still you're still beating Ohio State, and you you know you still will then get over that hump. And and I think he wants to he wants to bring a national championship to Michigan. I do as a coach, and I think he wants to cement a legacy like he did as a player uh, to the university. I do think his heart's at Michigan, and I'm not saying he'll never leave. Obviously, you know we might see him in the NFL one again, but I still think he there's still enough there to where he wants to come back and still prove himself. Because I think if you look at his overall uh, resume there, it's nowhere near where he wants it to be. And I think if he left now, I would say that's a failure at Michigan. I don't think he lived up to expectations. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Aaron Rodgers is uber-talented, but is he a leader? That's next on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Big Skin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Jake Durant from CBS Marquette. Now, before the break... We talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, the situation that's going on. Lincoln Riley was a name we threw out there, maybe could be heading up to Wisconsin to take over the Green Bay job. Aaron Rodgers did not want to play for Mike McCarthy. As much as he wants to say in the media that their relationship was fine, it wasn't. We all could tell his body language on Sunday was a big part of it. You were at the historic game that sealed the fate of Mike McCarthy, which Packers fans, when they get over their angst they're disgusted with how Mike McCarthy ran the last couple of years 
few years down the road, they're going to look back and they're going to realize this was a pretty successful uh, era for the franchise. McCarthy brought him a Super Bowl. They had two losing seasons during his time. Unfortunately for McCarthy, his relationship with Rodgers was strained. It was growing more and more public. So now Mike McCarthy's gone. Packers have a chance to bring in a brand new name and a brand new system. Anybody stand out to you that you think? Uh, let's start here. How realistic is it that Lincoln Riley makes his way to Lambeau Field? You know, as much as I would like to see Lincoln Riley, he's a hot name. He's a young guy, obviously had a lot of success. Baker Mayfield, the uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback who played for him and won a Heisman under him, um, said, you know, just yesterday, I think it was, you know, he's ready to be an NFL head coach um, and things like this. And, and, you know, right when McCarthy got fired, he was a name where I was like a jump. I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I would like to see a Lincoln Riley. And, and um, it may very well be that he, he does come to, to Green Bay, but um, – it all, this all it has to come down to Aaron Rodgers and, um, you know, what he wants. Um, obviously, he's 35 years old. He's in the twilight of his career. Still has, I think, five solid years left. Um, but will Aaron Rodgers let this guy who, you know, not a lot of NFL – I don't even know how much NFL experience the guy has, mm-hmm. really successful college head coach, come in and be responsible for the last five, six years of his career? And, and will he trust him? Will he listen to him? I think Josh McDaniels is a perfect fit uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers stated he wants to be coached hard, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think Mike. I think Mike McCarthy kind of let him on a really long leash and kind of let him run the show mm-hmm. um, a little bit too much. Um, you know, kind of kind of step down and let him kind of you know take over a little bit towards the end of his tenure. He needs someone that's going to get in his face and question what he's doing. Um, Josh McDaniels, uh, obviously. New England has a lot of success with Tom Brady, um, and and I like can think about whenever I see Josh McDaniels is those games where McDaniels and, and Tom Brady are literally head to head yelling mm-hmm. at each other, and you know, um, you know, really wanting to win. They're both competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Josh McDaniels coming in, obviously another young genius offensive mind, but he has a little bit more of that respect factor where Aaron, you know, obviously will know he was had all that success under Tom Brady, and I don't think. McDaniels is afraid to get up in in his face and tell him you're not doing this right, mm-hmm. do this better, and things like that. That's what Aaron wants, and, and I think Josh McDaniels brings that. Um, he knows how to how to kind of control a quarterback who who has all these accolades, you know, is is a star of the league, um, and he kind of knows when to pick and choose his spots and what really is going to drive um, uh, Aaron or Tom to be the best quarterback that he can be and put them in the best positions. I think jo- if they can get Josh McDaniels out of New England, which is going to be hard because New England uh, will do whatever it takes to not let him go. Um, I think that's that's the dream the dream fit right there. Josh McDaniels to Green Bay, I'd be completely happy with that. Even though he went to Denver mm-hmm. and had a, a bad a bad stint there, I think he's a little bit more ready to to handle it. And um, I think he'd bring a staff and he'd be have be more prepared. Um, and I just like the interest because he's putting Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's very creative, and it wouldn't just be the place breaking down. Aaron running for his life and and then making plays. I think he would bring a, a nice game plan and help Aaron Rodgers kind of prolong his career. It's about the only place in the league he can go and upgrade at the quarterback position. McDaniels would be a great guy to go over to Green Bay and be able to direct traffic for Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you 100%. Lincoln Riley, as good of a coach as he is, he would be a terrible fit over in Green Bay. I think if you're a young coach, this is the last place you want to go to. Lincoln Riley never played in the NFL, never had anything close to the career Aaron Rodgers has had. They're both 35 years old, and like you said, Aaron wants to be coach. He's enjoys... Uh, he enjoys being told what to do. Lincoln Riley doesn't have that kind of authority over Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I don't see Aaron being able to ask Lincoln what he thinks he should do and having any kind of authority over Rodgers. I just, as good of a mind as Lincoln Riley is, he's got such a good thing going at Oklahoma right now, and his whole career is in front of him. I mean, he could be coaching another 35 years realistically. Why would you want to bet it all and go to Green Bay in a situation like that? This is a job for a seasoned veteran coach. This gets more attractive with the older of a coach that you are. Yep. And like I said with McDaniels, I mean, when all comes, the argument can just end when you you flash the Super Bowl rings. Mm -hmm. You know, if Aaron has this, be like, listen, I know what I'm doing. Look at my hand. There's a lot of rings. Listen to what I'm doing, and we'll be successful. And I, that's why I think, like you said, um, why would Lincoln Riley want to come to to Green Bay, where the spotlight's going to be shining on him, you know, uh, right from the jump? 
you know, hot shot college head coach coming in. Now you got Aaron Rodgers, twilight of his career. Is, can he salvage his his legacy there in Green Bay? I think it's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much of a gamble, like you said. He has a re- really good, good thing going there in Oklahoma. Why would you Why would you do that? I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. I think he could coach in the NFL. I just don't think Green Bay at this point in his career is a good fit for him. But what have we learned about Aaron Rodgers here as of late? I do think in large part Mike McCarthy was a reason for Aaron Rodgers being held back and not reaching his full potential. But now Aaron is going to get a coach that's tailored to him. As much as Mark Murphy wants to say Aaron's opinion is not going to be the deciding factor for who the next head coach is, we all know that's not true. Aaron is going to get a head coach that's tailored to him and what he likes to do as a football player. How much pressure is going to be on Aaron Rodgers to win? over the next five years? I mean, I think there's going to be an extreme amount of pressure. I think more pressure than he's ever ever seen um, because he's getting a lot of the blame uh, with Mike McCarthy. And, and um, you know, I, I was at the game last Sunday, the Cardinals game, mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers' body language wasn't anything you want to see in a quarterback. Um, his attitude wasn't great. Um, I, I do think Mike McCarthy once again messed up uh, the whole game plan. Um, so, I, I mean, there's reason for Aaron to feel that way. They should have ran the ball a lot more. We send this every single game. And for some reason, Mike McCarthy just wants to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And the, the receivers, Aaron Rodgers, aren't on the right page. you got young guys. Um, timing's off. Um, I mean, I can't, can count, I can't even count on my hands how many plays where Aaron took maybe a two, three-step drop and just whipped the ball out of bounds mm-hmm. on third down and then was walking off the field kind of waving, like, you know, in disgust. And then would just go and sit down, and, and it was it was just it was the energy was off. Um, but I I do think there's a lot of pressure within the organization and management to make sure Aaron Rodgers is happy because they've done some things that have made Aaron not very happy. Mm-hmm. You're talking about firing his quarterback coach and things of that nature. You know they got to be very careful um, with what they're doing. And I agree with you. You know they're saying all the right things right now, but when it comes down to it, Aaron has to give them the okay. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Based on what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers and his attitude, let me be devil's advocate here for just a little bit. LeBron James and Aaron Rodgers are the two best players in their respective leagues. LeBron James has never had a quality head coach during his NBA career. He's hadn't had it with David Blatt. Didn't have it with Eric Spoelstra. He certainly didn't have it with Tyron Lue. He had very subpar mediocre help especially here in the last year on the floor with him LeBron never had that kind of an attitude yet people are on his case claiming he can't finish games what have you he doesn't have a great supporting cast around him in LA and they're better than they were in Cleveland last year but he still doesn't have a whole lot of guys that are contributing around him with the Lakers could you imagine if LeBron James used the body language had the attitude that Aaron Rodgers has on the field right now. I'm not comparing how the NBA is played and how you win in the NBA compared to how you win in the NFL. But Aaron Rodgers, when you act like that, I know that there's, it's, it's got to be frustrating. I know he's a competitor, but at what point does being a competitor become toxic and set the tone for the rest of your teammates? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is hard to compare the two sports and, and LeBron. It's basically coach LeBron. Yeah. LeBron has been coaching himself for I don't know how long since he left Miami, even even in Miami maybe. Uh, when he was a little bit younger, he was Spolster was doing a lot of coaching. But since he left Miami, he's been the coach, you know what I mean? So um, I do think it's kind of become a little toxic there in Green Bay. I think, you know, there, you could you could tell. You could tell everyone, you know, all the players are saying the, the right things, but I mean, when your star player is is out there and and, and visibly frustrated, um, that's going to go throughout the whole team. Especially when you talk about a team that's that's filled with young players. All their skill positions right now are rookies, basically. You know, they're playing two rookies at the wide position, two rookies on on defense. Uh, you're talking your top two corners, um, and and they're seeing what what what's going on here. It's it's their first year of of football, and they're they're seeing what Aaron Rodgers is. Is, is doing um i'm a green bay fan so I, it's hard yeah. for me to like kind of bash and say you know things about aaron but but um if, if, if i mean if lebron was out there doing the same thing obviously he would he would get a lot of criticism too aaron's getting a lot of criticism he's receiving you know at least 50 percent of the blame why, why mccarthy's out um but when you're reaching that twilight of your career you know a lot of pressure and, and anxiety is building you know i know aaron wants to win another super bowl I, you know obviously 
Um, but yeah, I do, I do think it's it's hard. I do think it's been a little toxic, and I think he could handle it a little, a little bit better. Um, but I mean, it's a learning experience. He hasn't had to deal with this in his career. Um, he's been pretty much, you know, like you said, two losing seasons. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's 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 a weird it's a weird spot for the whole organization right now because mm-hmm. they've been winning for so long. Let's go to hockey right before we go to the break. The Red Wings back in action tonight. They're north of the border, and they're taking on Toronto, who has William Nylander back. Nylander was holding out for a new contract. He comes back after receiving a six-year deal that's worth $6.9 million per season. The Red Wings have been up and down as of late, but they're starting to figure things out. They got off just a terrible start. They leveled out ever since then. Jimmy Howard's getting better in net, and they're seeing really, really good power play action. A lot to like about the Wings right now, especially as they start to get better defensively and they get a little bit more healthy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're surprised to me. Um, you know, they're kind of this young, um, tough, raggedy kind of group that, you know, doesn't doesn't back down from any challenge. Um, and, I, you know, they're, they're fun to watch. Um, you know, they, I think they're getting better. I think the Detroit Red Wings have a, a solid future ahead ahead of them. Um, I think they're steps ahead of where we thought they were going to be. Um, and, and, you know, they're doing all the right things. They got this young group. I think, like I said, I know we talked about this before. I think the Red Wings have the best chance to win a championship for the city of Detroit out of all the teams. I still believe that, even with this young team. You know, I think they're trending really high right now, and I think, uh, you know, they're going to be they're going to be up there a lot sooner than we think. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Does any sports city have it worse right now than Washington, D.C.? That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibboy Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Dan Herbs with you. We're joined by Jake Durant. He is from CBS Marquette. Glad that you're with us here on ESPN-UP. Thursday afternoon. Well, the NFL Week 14 kicks off this evening, Thursday night football. I'm not saying it'll be a bad game, but I think it's going to be a boring game. We've got Tennessee taking on Jacksonville. What wasn't it like nine to six when they played back in Week Three? Yeah, and you know both teams not the best mentality, you no. know, not the best energy flowing through either either uh, team uh, organizations. Jacksonville coming in, I thought they were a Super Bowl favorite. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Freezing cold take. Um, you know, they're up and down. Tennessee, they're playing all right, yeah. but they're kind of who we thought they were. Um, anything is better than a 9-6 game. Hopefully we don't see a 3 nothing <laughs> game or something. I'll be tuning in and out of this game. Not very excited about it, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. There's been a lot of good Thursday yeah. night games. There have been. And who knows? This one might might surprise us. Who knows? We'll see. We got to eat our vegetables and watch Blake Bortles square off with Marcus Mariota. Hey, Thursday if you like defense football. and interceptions, this That's might be right. the one for you. That's right. It could be a fun one in that sense, but... Boring football, in all likelihood, we're guessing a low-scoring game. How about uh, the Washington Redskins and all the problems that they've been going through? Does any sports city have it worse right now than Washington, D.C.? Alex Klein over at our NBC affiliate. She's a friend of the show coming on next week, actually, probably turning us off right now. But the Redskins were in first place, and they had a pretty good lead on it a couple of weeks ago. They lose Alex Smith, who, by the way, has now gotten an infection after his compound fracture in his ankle, and they lose him for the remainder of the season. He's battling the the infection, suffered from surgery. We're hoping that uh, everything turns out well for him. The Washington Wizards have been a huge disappointment this year. I thought they'd at least be a playoff team. The Nationals, I mean, good. They got Patrick Corbin. Congrats. You're about to lose Bryce Harper. And then the Capitals, you know, they won the Stanley Cup. They're struggling a little bit this year. I know they're on the rise, but they struggle a little bit out of the gates of this season, and they lose Tom Wilson to what could be a long-term uh, injury with effects on his brain after a dirty hit the other night against the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot to dislike right now. If you're a Washington, D.C. sports fan, uh, particularly the fact that you get Colt McCoy, an okay backup, and he gets hurt. And now you're on to butt fumble to try and save your team's chances of going to the postseason. Now they're seeing that start to slip away. 
I think of sports cities around the country, and I think, does anybody have it worse than D.C. right now? And maybe, like, Miami's. Uh, cities like Miami. I was just thinking, Miami. that's what I was going to bring up, Miami. That's about the only one but you can rival right now. You could rival that, but I'd rather be in Miami than in Washington, D.C. I, no, no offense to Washington, D.C., yeah. just for fun. So, I mean, even if I was a Miami sports fan, I mean, at least it's Miami. Um, but it's hard for me to think off the top of after you just listed all of that. <laughs> it's hard for me to even think. I can't even think off the top of my head. There's 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 some, a few cities with some bad franchises. Well, there are I mean, Detroit man, fans there to think Detroit's the pretty thing. close. They're probably up there. Detroit's pretty close, but I mean, <laughs> dang, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Um, yeah, like you said, the Redskins, man. I mean. I, the Capitals. I mean, the Capitals just won. I know they won you the know, cup. So, so I, I mean, know. you can still kind of just you can still kind of feel good about that for a few years. You can feel, yeah. But man, it, it's worse that the Cowboys are doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, with when you're a Redskins fan, I don't see. I don't. I think that's the worst. You think so? I think it's the worst, man. I think it's the worst because you're not talking about just the teams being bad. You're talking about like other things happening to Mark work. Sanchez is playing. Is he's your starting quarterback? Right. right I'm now. talking about like you're you're you might feel a little cursed. Mm-hmm. You know, you got this these hospital things happening. You know, infections and injuries, and, mm-hmm. and then you know just teams not playing well. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Tom Wilson and Alex Smith are probably sharing a hospital room right now. Like that's the state of Washington sports, right? And then, remember a few years ago, we were all doing the John Wall. Now John Wall's not even doing the John Wall. No, John I don't know what happened to John Wall. I, he kind of, I think he's kind of a, uh, to me, he's a, just kind of a basket case a little mm-hmm. bit. I think he's kind of gotten content with just being who he is, and I don't know if winning's very important to him. I know he was on Instagram Live saying, you know, talking about how he's, like, yeah, you know, he's partying all the time and stuff like that. Well, who, you can't tell me what to do, things like that. You know, you don't want that mentality no. from you and a leader. But I know Bradley Beal's fed up. He wants out. You know, I don't blame second, him. Second best player. I know he probably doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel there, um, especially when you talk about the top teams in the East. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not. Not good there in in, in D.C. For, uh, for the Wizards. That's not good. It's not good. How about this? Impromptu game of Would You Rather. Mark Sanchez talked about him. If you had to pick one as your franchise backup quarterback, a realistic chance that they could play and you're forced to rely on them, would you rather have Mark Sanchez or Nathan Peterman? Take out the fact that one's with the team right now and playing and the other's a free agent. Which of those would you put... You're trusted. Okay, you could even go this way. Last week of your fantasy season, all your quarterbacks are either hurt, everybody else uh, is taken. You've got either Peterman or Sanchez. That's going to be the only team in a must-win situation to get your fantasy team in the playoffs. I'm going to have to go Mark Sanchez. You think so? I'm going to have to go Mark Sanchez just because, you know, he hasn't had a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, maybe he has this false hope that he can come back and do something. And sometimes mm-hmm. it happens when you come back and you, you throw, you know, you throw a couple touchdowns and, okay. and you play decent. Mm-hmm. I think Peterman's confidence is completely shot. Um, and obviously he's been just getting roasted. I think he's like a meme. He kind of is, um, yeah. You know what I mean? So I know butt fumble was bad. But sometimes, you know, through adversity, you come out a better person. And I think Mark Sanchez definitely had a lot of time to think about about the butt fumble, man. And I think he's going to be better off for it. I would have to go Sanchez just because I think he could come in and, and maybe have a little magic. Maybe, you know, just come in and, and have that little bit of juice and just figure it out and, and, and get something done. I'm going to go Sanchez. Let's go a little farther. Mark Sanchez, present-day Mark Sanchez, or 2011 Tim Tebow? I'm going Tim Tebow. I man. would do. I'm going Tim Tebow all day. You know, Tim Tebow has there's something special about the he game. He won a playoff game. He won a playoff game, uh, and he slang it to mm-hmm. win that playoff game with the left. Yeah, he did. Nailed him in stride. Got to go Tim Tebow just because he has the heart. I'll give him the heart factor. He could be on the opening day roster for the Mets next year. And who would have cho- ever thought that that could happen? I mean, that, you got to you got to give him credit. That shows determination, motivation, and a will to just be great. Um, I mean, to go to a different sport and, and succeed, um, especially with all the criticism that he receives and things like that. I mean. That guy's just a true winner, and he he's a leader. I, st- I, I still think he's a really good leader. I think, um, you know, bring him on the team, I think he get, garners respect from anybody. So I would go Tim Tebow. wonder if he could come back in right now and play for the Washington Redskins. Maybe if they'd be looking at – I don't even know who their backup is now. He's got to be in shape. You well, think he's yeah, in shape? I mean, he's playing baseball. He's staying active. You saw that game the other night. That was not a good Monday night football game. I know It was close until the fourth quarter. It wasn't good football. This is a guy who got – Suspended four games for performance-enhancing drugs back in April. What was performance-enhancing about what he did on Monday? Well, that's what happened. He got caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's back to being your average Joe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I still can't believe Kaepernick's not. I'm not going to open a can of worms right now, but where's Kaepernick, man? 
It's easy to talk about it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, how about this? Let's go a little bit further. I have one more would you rather. Um, If you had to pick one of these two NFL quarterbacks, you have their voice for the rest of your life. You're a TV man. You've got to go on air. You've got to read the sports. Andrew Luck's voice or Patrick Mahomes? Which one do you pick? Here's what you're picking between. Here's option A. I don't think it's that weird, but I put it on my macaroni and cheese. But people seem to think that's a a weird thing. Some people think that's disgusting, but, I mean, it's good to me. (laughs) Uh, Not really. I do. I have hunts. I do Heinz. I do. I do it all. Uh, My favorite probably is the Whataburger ketchup. Um, That's what Texas people would know that. Patrick Mahomes puts ketchup on his mac and cheese, but he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the world right now. So he knows something that we don't. Here's option B. The beautiful thing about football and shoot, when the defense is out there, we're sitting on the bench and we're fans. The mood in the building, the vibe every day when you walk in, win or lose, is, is, is positive. It's, it's all about getting better. And, and uh, you know, Frank stresses the process, right? You know, everybody's goal is to win, right? And each team's goal is to win going in. But, so you've got to focus on the process. You, you know, what, what are you doing every single play, every single week to make it better? So, uh, yes, it, it's nice that the results are positive for us, uh, certainly, but I, I wouldn't say I'm having more fun, you know, per se. I'm just, just enjoying it. It's a great group of guys. It's a great group of coaches. Great building. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go Patrick Mahomes. You think so? I'm going to have to go Patrick All Mahomes. Right. I don't know why. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I couldn't even give you a good reason. <laughs> I just don't want to sound like Andrew Luck, to be honest with you. <laughs> Andrew Luck, I, don't, I can't even explain his voice. I have no way to do it. It almost... Patrick Mahomes, you can explain almost as a little bit of Kermit from Texas. Yeah, I could, I could work with it a little bit. You know, I, I like it, it might not voice. be my natural voice, but I could like make it work. Mm. You know, it, you know, I could probably make it sound a little better. But and I, honestly, I don't have anything against either of those two, and I, I don't mean to poke too much fun at them. I like both of their voices. Like they're looking up their interviews on YouTube. It's one of my favorite things to do, just be able to hear those guys mm. talk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, and and. Two good leaders, too, by the way. Absolutely. Both players. very good quarterbacks. They're both going to be talked about for postseason awards. Mahomes could be the favorite for the MVP right now. There's some argument there. I don't think there's any argument Andrew Luck is going to win comeback player of the year. I mean, what he's done this season, he looks like young Andrew Luck that came right out of Stanford. He's looking really good. Definitely, definitely. Uh, good enough to where Le'Veon Bell's uh, campaigning to go to Indianapolis. Yeah. So um, he definitely looks back. I'm, I'm really happy to see Andrew Luck. I, I was you know, kind of concerned for a little while because with all the injuries he was having and then it was like, is he actually going to come back? Mm-hmm. You know, he's a premier quarterback in the league. I'm, I'm really happy to see him come back. They just needed to get him protected. Um, and, and NFL teams take note. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they use a couple high draft picks uh, to get some offensive linemen and, and it's showing. So, you know, Green Bay could really use a nice offensive lineman. Maybe with that 30, top 30 pick this year from the Saints, get a nice offensive lineman in there. Um, but good to see Andrew Luck come back. You know, I think Mahomes right now is my favorite for MVP. Um, so yeah, two good, two good guys, two good. The future's bright in the NFL. Future's really bright, especially with those two teams, and especially if they got Le'Veon Bell. Can you imagine him running behind that newly renovated offensive line over mm-hmm. in Indianapolis? Exactly. They're setting it up. They're mm-hmm. setting it up. They have the money. It's a perfect fit. I'm just saying. And they're winning with this group. That well, they're not winning. They're 500, but they're exceeding expectations yes. with this group. Definitely, especially with the way the the, the Season started a little rocky, but mm-hmm. now, I mean, if they could stick around that 500, I, I mean, there's nothing but positive, uh, positive vibes going into the offseason. I'd, I'd be okay with where the, the team's headed. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette is our guest today. Jake, as always, appreciate you being here, man. Glad to have you back. Looking forward to next week. Uh, it's good to be back, man. It feels good to get back on the mic with you, and thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to, to this, this month of December here. That's it for us. We will turn you over to Will Kane. He'll take great care of you. This is the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and online with our ESPN-UP app.